1: You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. We cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find LockedOnPackers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Our off-season discussions roll on today centering around the quarterback. There have been a number of different pieces out there and a lot of discussions. Last year, I think we had more of them about the future of Aaron Rodgers. It seems like Matt LaFleur's presence on the team and some of the late-season play, particularly the Seahawks game, has muted the calls for the Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of fans have realized that there were more problems it, at the receiver position, and that those problems w- were carryovers from last year as well, even though that was an offensive system that Rodgers should theoretically know better. But Jason Wildy wrote a piece for The Athletic about the prospect of drafting a quarterback. Matt Schneidman, also for The Athletic, actually took a quarterback in his mock draft. And Jack Webfer for Packer Wire wrote about why it doesn't make sense. For the Packers to take a quarterback early. There's a lot of discussion around Packers Nation about the future of Aaron Rodgers. And it's not really about the future of Aaron Rodgers, but more about the future of the organization without Aaron Rodgers. Beyond Aaron Rodgers. And it is worth noting that when the Packers drafted Aaron, Brett Favre was the same age Rodgers is now. He's actually technically a little bit older than Favre was when Rodgers was drafted. That doesn't mean that Green Bay is necessarily behind the eight ball when it comes to picking a successor. Remember, Favre was already openly mulling retirement, had flirted with it, and Green Bay was protecting itself. Aaron Rodgers, a potential number one overall pick, a player that plenty of people believed was the best quarterback in the draft, was a number one overall pick. Matt Williamson was on this show a couple weeks ago talking about how when he was in the Browns front office, they had Rodgers ahead of Alex Smith, who went number one. They loved Aaron Rodgers. A lot of teams did. Him falling down was a stroke of luck for the Packers. And they benefited from that aggressive tact from Ted Thompson. Are the Packers in the same situation now? The argument, as Jason Wildy points out in his piece for The Athletic, is that Jimmy G was taken with the 62nd pick in the NFL draft by the New England Patriots when they still had Tom Brady very much in the mix. He was still on the field winning Super Bowls for the Patriots. The Packers pick at 62 this year. Matt Schneidman in his mock for the Athletic picked Jalen Hurts in the third round. Is that a place where Green Bay could find their successor? That's a question that we still have not been able to sufficiently answer. This is a polarizing draft for quarterbacks after Joe Burrow. Some people love Justin Herbert. I happen to think he's really good. If Justin Herbert falls to 30, I think you have to consider it. But Jack Webber points out for the Packers' wire that Aaron Rodgers' contract is such that he is under Packers' control with major cap implications if they were to try and cut or trade him for the next three years, 2020, 2021, and 2022. One of the essential attractions of a rookie quarterback is not just to find the quote-unquote next guy, but to benefit from the financial windfall This is indirect now. You don't actually get money. But from the the money that you free up with a rookie quarterback allows you to build a team around him. It's the Russell Wilson effect, the Joe Flacco effect. They won Super Bowls pre-second contract. And the fact that they were getting paid peanuts was a big part of that. It allowed their team to make moves beyond the quarterback position. You lose that benefit if you draft one this year because he is not going to play or at least you don't want him to play for three seasons. So can you justify passing up the opportunity to draft other players who can help you win now for a player who cannot help you or who you don't want to help you for at least three more years? There are some fans who will point out it's unlikely that Green Bay is able to find a quarterback nearly as good as Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre because they already went from Favre to Rodgers. Please remember, that is not a thing. It doesn't matter what happened before. It has no correlation to how likely Green Bay is to find the next guy. There is absolutely no connection from one to the other. If anything, you can make the case that the fact that Green Bay has done this already actually makes them slightly more likely because Brian Gutekinst and a lot of the guys in that front office currently were in the front office when Green Bay drafted Aaron Rodgers. Any quarterback is a risk. Picking any quarterback in any draft is a risk. Picking any player in any draft is a risk. We can go that foundational to this. First round picks, 40% chance of hitting on a quarterback. And if you want a quarterback, you really do need to take him in the first round. Yes, you can hit on Dak Prescott on the fourth or Russell Wilson in the third or Tony Romo as an undrafted free agent. But more likely you need to use a pick on one of these guys, a, a significant pick. It doesn't have to be a first necessarily, but a second. Even a third can get into dicey territory. The The percentage chances of those players hitting at any position goes down exponentially once you get out of the top 20, 25 picks out of the first round and certainly beyond day two of the draft. So the Packers really are not drafting any time after that of a, a quarterback with any chance of him becoming a starter, not a real chance. I mean there's always a chance. There's there's always a Dak Prescott every once in a while, a Tony Romo every once in a while. And but usually we're talking about Matt Ryan, we're talking about Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees was a top of the second round type player, Peyton Manning, those are the guys who go on to become franchise quarterbacks. And that's the point Jack is making. And I think this is, this is something that the Packers are going to have to find out or determine philosophically how they want to handle all of this. Do they want to retool? Or when Aaron Rodgers is done, and I think it's going to have a lot to do with who is on the team at the time, do they want to retool or do they want to rebuild? And if we get to 2022 and this is not a team capable of contending or would require a lot of retooling to contend – Maybe you just say, "Okay, Aaron Rodgers, you're done. And look, if if the Packers cannot contend in 2022, it is in part, in large part, because of Aaron Rodgers, you move on and you start over. And it doesn't matter who's the quarterback because maybe you're trying to get a top 10 pick to find that next guy. That is certainly one way to do it. And that is one way plenty of teams have done it. There is also a tact of find the next guy, try and groom him. The Patriots try to do this with Jimmy Garoppolo. And have him ready when your guy moves on. The problem is getting that timing just right. The Patriots did everything right. They drafted a guy that Bill Belichick loved. They used a, a real pick on it. And they still weren't able to get the timing right. The CBA is such that. And it is different fundamentally than when Aaron Rodgers was picked. The CBA is such that right now, it makes sense that if you need a, if you need a new quarterback, you go draft one. But drafting one to sit and wait more than a year just doesn't make sense because of the advantages you're reducing for yourself. Having a rookie quarterback who is good on a rookie deal is such an advantage that you'd rather be taking advantage of that deal than anything else. Now, if the team is really good, if in 2022 the team is still really good around Aaron Rodgers and let's say Aaron is is not playing well or Aaron retires, they win the Super Bowl three straight years, Wink, wink, and Aaron decides it's time for him to go. Then maybe you bring a veteran in to try and win a Super Bowl. Maybe you bring a veteran in and draft someone. Maybe, you know there are, there are a lot of different ways to go about it. I think a lot of this is going to end up being situational. Green Bay could fall in love with a quarterback in this draft. I mean, Jason Wildy confirmed reports that had already been out there, things that I had heard and talked about on this show, that the Packers really like Drew Locke. If they really like Drew Locke, they're probably really going to like Jordan Love. Could he be a pick at 30? Maybe. And we don't we don't know what the situation is. Could If he falls onto day two, could he be a player that they take in the second round? Maybe. And, and that's something I would certainly entertain. He falls to 62, take Jordan Love and figure it out later. Just because the value is there. He's a first-round talent. And if he falls out of the first, I'm not saying trade up for him, but if he's there, you can do a deal like that. I wouldn't take... Anyone after that, unless we're getting into deep day three guys, a third round pick, Jalen Hurts, who by the way I don't think is an NFL quarterback. I'm not sure he's an NFL player. Full stop. He's just not good enough at anything. It's not even a move him to receiver or running back thing. I just don't. I he's not good enough at quarterback, and he's not athletic enough to play anywhere else. He is an XFL player. That's that's just it's unfortunate because he seems like a great kid. And has always done all the right stuff, but he's just not an NFL player to me. But I just don't see the value in trying to find a developmental guy at this point in the Aaron Rodgers process. Not in the third round. Not when you can still get a good player that can help you now. Unless someone falls. And this is the the Jordan Love case. You know, let's say Jake Fromm falls, who I think should be a top 50 type player. He falls to the third round. Take Jake Fromm. And see if he can develop. See if he can become Matt Hasselbeck for you. Maybe he can. And that, that, I think, makes some sense. But a developmental pick, someone like Hurts, for example, that's a no. It just doesn't make sense given the timeline. For, for Unless you think he is a future franchise starter, and this is something that, that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur have each talked about. Unless you think that guy is a potential dude, a real franchise quarterback, right now, the Packers are fine with Rodgers and Tim Boyle. They don't need that developmental guy that that needs all sorts of coaching and upside and, and polish to be the guy. If you're going to take a quarterback, take a quarterback because you think he can be the guy. Otherwise, just wait. Just wait. It doesn't make sense to waste time hoping a guy develops when you have Aaron Rodgers in his prime. But if there is a guy there who is legit, and you think he is legit, a, a franchise quarterback, That is a shot worth taking. And if you don't have confidence taking your shot, then BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free.
0: David Harrison here the locked on Washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys but when I eat pizza I eat it for the toppings Good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: So I've been watching over the last few days as the, the conversations around the Super Bowl have wrapped up. I've watched a lot of people tie themselves in knots talking about a couple different things and and one of them is the 49ers and how they're going to bounce back and they're going to be the team that that breaks the Super Bowl curse. That's another conversation for another day. By the way, I think there's actually a better case for regression than there is that they're going to be back in the Super Bowl, but but that's a separate a separate topic. There is this idea of dynasty and that Patrick Mahomes as this virtuoso talent is going to lead the Chiefs into a new generation of AFC dominance. The problem with that is no one does that. And yes, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did that, and Bill Belichick is a great coach. Andy Reid is also a great coach. Andy Reid, importantly, not Bill Belichick. And Patrick Mahomes is a great player. He's a young player and, by the way, played awful for three quarters of the Super Bowl was able to, with a combustible offense full of skilled talent players, come back and and, and put together an impressive performance against a very good 49ers defense. Dynasty is something that Packer fans know a thing or two about. And we know that because of the 60s Packers, and you can even take that back into the 50s, those Packers were dynastic. And in the middle of the 1990s, you know The Packers go to two straight Super Bowls. They go to three straight NFC Championship games. And this was Brett Favre in his prime. Three MVPs in a row. A historic performance and achievement at the time. Still, by the way, stands out. No one's ever done it. I'm not sure anyone will ever do it again. That team won one Super Bowl. Peyton Manning, for my money, the best quarterback to ever play. The most important quarterback of the modern era, in my opinion. Two Super Bowls and needed one of them to be dragged, kicking and screaming by his defense. John Elway, same deal. Terrell Davis and the defense, plus Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey and Shannon Sharp, helped him to two Super Bowls. the The Broncos in the eighties and even in the, even in that nineties run, they were supposed to be dynastic. They were supposed to be the the Packers' opponent in '96 and lost to Mark Brunel and the Jaguars. It just doesn't work that way. When the Packers won in 2010 with all those injured players, I remember the article at ESPN the next day, or at the very least the next week, talking about how the Packers were set up to be a potential dynasty. Jermichael Finley was coming back from injury Jordy Nelson was an ascending player. They still had Greg Jennings. They still had Charles Woodson as a Hall of Fame player who was playing as well as any defensive player in football. Clay Matthews looked like a future Hall of Famer. I remember Bill Barnwell writing that about Clay Matthews, a future Hall of Famer. Sam Shields was a rookie. He was only going to get better. Tremont Williams was an awesome young player. He was only going to get better. They had James Jones. They had all of this talent, a lot of it young, and they had... Aaron Rodgers, who was on the verge of becoming the best quarterback in football, and the next season they took that step. In 2011, they went 15-1, and destroyed the league offensively. Aaron Rodgers played the quarterback position at as high a level as we have ever seen played. And I would still include what Patrick Mahomes did a couple years ago because the throws Rodgers made and the way he elevated that team with a terrible defense— A near historically bad defense to 15-1 and was as impressive as anything we've seen at the quarterback position in NFL history. That team didn't even make the conference title game. The next year, an ascending 49ers team exposed the flaws of a team that could no longer keep up physically or athletically with the best team in the conference. And that was true in 2013 as well. 2014, the Packers retooled and revamped. They faced the Seahawks. And it's clear both times Green Bay plays Seattle that Pete Carroll's team is the better squad. And this is all in Aaron Rodgers' absolute peak, prime, destroyer of worlds, Aaron Rodgers. They go to one Super Bowl. Now they won it, but they only went to one. Drew Brees played at as high a level as any quarterback in the league not named Darren Rodgers and maybe Tom Brady in the last decade won Super Bowl. So much goes into winning these things, whether it's injuries, whether it's a little bit of free agent success, some some draft luck, some injury luck. There are so many things. Is Andy Reid's staff going to get poached next offseason? Are these guys going to want more money Is their team going to foundationally and fundamentally change when Patrick Mahomes is making $200 million, when he's making $40 million a year? How does that change what they're able to do? And does he look so great without all of these weapons? Travis Kelsey gets hurt, let's say, or or falls off a cliff physically. Sammy Watkins walks out the door. McCole Hardman never takes the next step in his development and never becomes more than just a gadget player. How often do we see this? The Seahawks were set up to be the next dynasty. That legion of boom defense was suffocating. It was dominating. It was as impressive as any defense we had seen since the 85 Bears. They won one Super Bowl. Windows in the NFL are impossibly small. And we can never take for granted that they will stay open even when you have the best player in football. If anyone knows that, it's Green Bay Packer fans. This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees and over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try Wise for free at wise.com slash podcast. All right, I want to finish up here with this because an all-time Packer legend, an all-time NFL great, and of course an all-time Packer great, Willie Wood passed away this week. He was 83 years old. He was part of... Those Lombardi Super Bowl teams, he won five NFL titles, two Super Bowl titles. He was the original David Bakhtiari in that he was an eight-time Pro Bowler and a nine-team All-Pro. Five first-team All-Pros, four second-team All-Pros. Willie Wood was the greatest safety of that generation. And someone who had always represented the Packers organization with class, with dignity, and I think it gets forgotten to history a little bit because there were so many other great players on those teams, great defensive players, Ray Nitschke, Willie Davis, Herb Adderley, that for some reason we forget Willie Wood, but he is one of the best players ever, a Hall of Fame player, and someone who helped define an era of Packers football. It's somewhat fitting that it would happen just a few days after Leroy Butler did not make the Hall of Fame. And that someone like Steve Atwater would make it over him when Steve Atwater was no more deserving than Leroy and was disappointing to see the voters feel that way. Butler was flat out the better player. And that doesn't mean that Atwater is not deserving. I went to Atwater Elementary, and so I I uh, had always had a, a soft spot in my heart for Steve Atwater, but Leroy Butler was better and the fact that he did not get into the hall of fame on on this try is disappointing but i think he will get in and i hope we do recognize him in his time that we don't wait until you know 50 years from now when he's passed away to remember what a great player he was because willie wood's greatness has to some degree been lost to the annals of history And I don't want that to happen. He is too great a player, was too important to a Packers team whose defense has never gotten enough credit for its greatness because Bart Starr gets all of the the accolades, and rightfully so, an all-time great in his own right, an all-time great person as well. And the sweep was the iconic thing. Paul Horning, Jerry Kramer, Fuzzy Thurston, those guys getting out front in the sweep – That was what we remember about the Packers. We remember the sneak and Vince Lombardi and all that stuff. But that defense was great. Willie Wood was great. And so it's just a good reminder to appreciate the greatness of the players while we have them. And I don't mean while they're on the team. I mean while we have them here on earth. If the last week has showed us anything, it is that life can be fragile and we can't take it for granted. So let's appreciate what we have and appreciate these players. We love this game. And so let's appreciate the greatness of the players that we put so much blood, sweat, and tears into watching and loving. And someone like Leroy Butler, who has always played the game with a smile on his face, become and, and still is an ambassador for the Packers and this and this organization, this community, this, this fan group, supporting him not just in his Hall of Fame push, But remembering his greatness and continuing to remind people of it as he makes this push is a good way for all of us to remember his greatness and all of the players that we've watched remember and appreciate their greatness because it will not last forever and we will not have them forever. This is this is a subtweet about Aaron Rodgers and dynasties and everything we've talked about today. It all comes full circle. As we finish up here, all right, Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports is going to be on the show tomorrow to talk about the NFL Draft. My goal between now and the NFL Draft is to have at least one interview per week about the draft. That was my hope last year, and we we didn't quite make it happen. A lot of that had to do with so much of the the free agency we had to talk about. We had a lot of news last off to get to, so. That is my my goal. It is not my promise because I just can't promise it. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do it 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.